Dublin's Talking Sport with Ken Doherty and Reggie Corrigan. Sponsored by insuremycars.ie, low-cost car insurance specialists. See how much you can save at insuremycars.ie. On Sunshine 106.8. Sunshine 106.8. Sunshine 106.8 Dublin's Talking Sport Welcome to Dublin's Talking Sports podcast with me, Ken Doherty, and my good friend, Reggie Corrigan. Thanks for tuning in to catch up on the latest GAA, football, rugby, and all the crack. Enjoy the show, and don't forget, rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, all good. I'm sure you. I know you just mentioned the rugby there. I'm sure you're enjoying it already. It's been a, a good start. I know. Uh, you know, Ireland have got Tonga as well uh, this evening, so it should be. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I'm sure they put up a bit more of a, a fight than Romania did. Yeah, I was over there last week. It was it was a brilliant, brilliant uh, weekend. Yeah, I have to say now, uh, Bordeaux was. It, very enjoyable. Um, I was yeah. over with my old pal Trevor Brennan. We uh, hung oh, out together, oh, went down yeah. to Toulouse, met up with Trevor, had a wonderful weekend, and then we headed up to the game on the Saturday. And uh, ah, the atmosphere was great, Ken. Sure, everyone was yeah, in great yeah. form. All the Irish fans. Uh, the weather was amazing. It was too hot. We were we had amazing yeah. seats. We were two rows from the front, but uh, we had to leave the seats after ten minutes. You could not stick the heat. It was unbelievable. Wow. It must have been, it wow. must have been forty five, fifty degrees, and all the fans were the same. Everybody was going back up. There was a kind of a, a concourse area, uh, yeah. back up halfway back up the stand, and everybody was up there watching the match from there because it was. Yeah. I know it probably looked on the TV like there was no one at the match, but uh, <laughs> it was literally a case of everybody getting roasted alive. So everybody had to co- yeah. come back. But the atmosphere. Have, have organised everything very, very well as well around the grounds and stuff like that. Yeah, there was a bit of controversy around the, the trams uh, from Bordeaux. They have a tram system in Bordeaux and it was a little bit mm. of... Uh, there was delays in it and everything. We had no issues because we, we drove and parked and walked and it was great. But uh, I know a few fans did have a few issues and there was kind of a little bit of a queue at the end, but nothing overly dramatic. I think it was blown out of proportion a little bit. Um, yeah. and, and, and of course, they ran out of beer, but that was no surprise with the, the fans <laughs> in the heat and the sunshine and everything else that was going on. But overall... Look, you know that there, wasn't a fact that you and uh, Trevor Brennan were there. Was no, it, no, it was nothing to do with us at all. <laughs> yeah, we were well behaved, but uh, no, it was um, it, it was like there's a few teething problems on the first weekend, but I think they'll have it all sorted out by this weekend. I, I think the biggest talking point came was the national anthems were appalling right across the board, so they re-recorded them all uh, and got them right for this week. So okay, well, that's yeah. good. What about Tonga? What are they, how are they gonna? Play? Um, yeah, they'll put up a good challenge. They're not. They're not bad. They've improved a lot. Uh, they, 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 you know, compared to what they would have been. Um, I remember playing Tonga in the past, and they were, uh, they weren't a whole lot. We played them over there, but they've got, um, they've got a couple of Ulster players. Charles Piatto is playing for them, and Munster uh, Malachi Fakatoa he plays for them as well. So there's, there's a. Uh, Decent enough squad there. They'll they'll put in some big hits. They'll put in some big challenges, but they won't be they won't be able to beat her. And there's, there's, there's just yeah. too, we're just too strong. But I'm, I imagine they'll put up a bit of a threat for a, for a while. Uh, mm. But we'll see how it goes. At this stage, kind of, it, it's awkward. A lot of the weaker pool matches are kind of getting out of the way across the board. Um, yeah. There's a little bit of going through the motions for some of the teams. New Zealand hammered Namibia last night. Namibia put up a good performance. Then you saw France were playing Uruguay on Thursday night, and Uruguay were absolutely brilliant. You know, yeah. the breath of fresh air to the competition. They're a bit like Japan were when the, in 2015 when they beat South Africa. Uruguay have that feel about them at the moment. Um, they're kind of just 
exciting to watch. You know, they've weaknesses in certain areas, but they're exciting to watch. But um, yeah, so it's a, it's a good tournament. I, 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 but the business end probably starts for Ireland next weekend. We take on South Africa next weekend. And South then, Africa, yeah, and then oh, the Scotland match will be yeah, a big match as well. Yeah, they're the big ones, and then we get down to the mm. real business. So it's it's still nervy times, but uh, we're looking good. We're looking good. Good. How's everything going snooker wise? I think the Shanghai Mar- Mass is on at the moment, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, it's down to the semi finals. Uh, world champion Luca Brussel is uh, playing Nate Robertson at the moment. 2 0 up. Uh, last time I looked a few minutes ago, and he plays, uh, if he gets through, he plays O'Sullivan in the final. So the world champion against world number one. Uh, O'Sullivan has won the Shanghai Masters the last three years. Now, obviously, he hasn't been played since COVID, but he's never lost in the Shanghai Masters. And he's in the final again. He had a great win over Selby yesterday. He was seven six down and produced, I think, three centuries in the last four frames to win. So um, yeah, he's he's looking good. But yeah, it's been a cracking form. It's been great to be back in in China, and this is the first big one since COVID. So uh, and the next, the next big one is the Wuhan Masters. Believe it or not. All right. I'm facing Ronnie in the fourth round. So That's right. You're telling me. Suit, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's something to look forward to. Luca Brussel, I mean, you know, being world champion, the pressures that come with it, we were wondering would he be a one-hit wonder, would he be able to perform? But he seems to be going okay if he's in the semi-final um, of a big tournament like that. He's obviously, form is still pretty good. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, uh, well, when you consider, he went to do an exhibition during the summer in Seattle, of all places. Yeah. And uh, the queue that he won the world championship with, he still hasn't got it back. It went missing at one of the airports and never got it back. Really? So he's playing with a different queue, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's, that's yeah, serious, so yeah. Yeah, a different queue, so it's an even more impressive performance now to get to the semi-final. And as I said, he, he was 2-0, uh, looking like 3. Uh, so, well, a long way to go. First to 10 in that semi-final. But yeah, it'd be great to see him do well and follow it up, how, how well he played in the World Championship, how he lit it up. And uh, to capture the title was just amazing. Great, great for the game, and uh, one of the best, I think, world championships that we've had yeah. for a long, long time. You know. Yeah, and tell me, uh, is he doing any more practice than he used to do? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I follow him on Instagram. He, he, he was in fourteen countries in, and I think, three months. <laughs> He's travelling all over the place. Enjoying it. Of course, he, he purchased a Ferrari as well, didn't he, with, mm. the, with the prize money he got for the World Championship. So, uh, look, he's a lovely lad. and He's enjoying himself. And uh, he's playing good snooker. That's the most important thing. So, hopefully we can keep going. Maybe being relaxed like that and, and just mm. enjoying it might be to his uh, benefit rather than putting the pressure on himself to keep performing. Yeah. I mean, it is a, you know, every sport is pressure, you know, to try and do as well as you can and yeah. you know, earn enough ranking points to keep moving up the ladder. But yeah, he's had this sort of more cavalier approach and he certainly showed that at the World Championship. But uh, yeah, it might be a recipe for him. It wouldn't work for everybody, but it certainly is working for him at the moment. Fair enough. Okay, you following any of the golf at the moment? Seeing the BMW, uh, Larry, not too bad. He's uh, what is he? Six shots off the lead at the moment, uh, down on, mm. on four under. Uh, Rory not going quite so good, but Larry's form seems to be coming right at the yeah. at the right time with the Ryder Cup just down around the corner. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think a lot of the Europeans are are playing really well. I think it's going to be a fantastic Ryder Cup. We started keeping an eye on that, and, and of course the Irish Open that we had in the K Club. Uh, last week as mm. well, but yeah, the Europeans are doing really well, and of course, Hovland has been a standout uh, European this year, winning the uh, the FedEx, you know, and yeah. uh, playing some great stuff. Tommy Fleetwood is right up there; he's on nine under. Yeah. Uh, Larry is doing really well. Yeah, I think we're going to have a really good 
Ryder Cup, Reg. It's going to be very, very close, but I think Europe are very, very strong. I think they are as well, yeah. They're looking good. And I, I have to say, I was delighted to see Lowry getting the pick. Yeah. It, it was, obviously some questions about it and a little bit in doubt but I think he was absolutely the right person leaving aside all the bias that we have he's just mm. a great um, you know that that kind of he loves the idea of that competition team competition thing you know he's a yeah. big sports yeah. team sportsman loves his yeah. GAA loves his rugby yeah. you know so that I he, it just seems that he really embraces that idea of being in a team and doing it yeah. for those yeah, around he a, he's a team player he yeah. is a team player and he can rally the other lads. I feel he'd be a good man to have in your dressing room, wouldn't he? You know Absolutely. What I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He'd be out walking the course. And he's, you know, giving them advice and other lads and boys and other yeah. lads and that. Yeah, he'd be a great man to have in the team. And I think that's probably one of the. Re- and he's a colourful character, isn't he? You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's one of the guys that people like to watch and follow him around and. It'll bring a lot to the Ryder Cup team. It deserves its place now, though. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. It should be fantastic. Are you over your defeat against Arsenal yet? No, I've got another <laughs> tough match today as well. We've got Brighton today at, at 3 o'clock. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, our club, at the moment, Reg, our club is in a bit of disarray. We've got these allegations with Anthony, yeah. Brazilian that we signed last year, Sancho coming out against uh, Ten Hag, which you should never do on no. social media. That should be kept behind doors. So he's mm. been banished now as well. NFL season is back, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by the one and only Stephen O'Brien. Welcome back, Stephen. Thanks, Reg. Do you know what? I would. This a big fan for every time you come on each year, but I never stop. I always do practice <laughs> stuff behind the scenes, so it seems a bit. Uh, yeah. Very genuine because I'm doing a podcast anyway. But how are you, Reginald? I'm wonderful. Never better. Delighted to have you back. Delighted to have the season uh, up and running again. Uh, very much looking forward to this season. I have to say, but um, I suppose we'll start just talking about. Um, Bad news, sad news. Aaron Rodgers suffering a season-ending injury. Uh, only four snaps into his New York Jets debut. I know it's a kind of a um, strange one. He parted ways with the Packers after 16 season, But the yeah. Jets were tipped to go to a Super Bowl with Rodgers at quarterback. And um, now he's gone for the season. It's pretty deflating. Yeah. It is, look, it's it's not an understatement, and again, people will be rolling their eyes, but if you're sick of hearing about Aaron Rodgers, he's injured for the season now, right? So this is the last time we'll speak of him. Mm. Uh, but yeah, look, you and I, we've been going back and forth, Reg, for years on this, because he was with the Packers, they drafted Jordan Love uh, to replace him, he was sitting behind them, it's kind of really awkward, it's like bringing your girlfriend to dinner with your wife, uh, you know, so everyone's sort of gone, what, what did, what's going to happen with this situation? Eventually it sort of came to a head, they decided to move on, Aaron Rodgers went into a retreat all this. Anyway, fast forward, joins the Jets, the Jets have the longest active playoff drought of any team, they haven't been in the playoffs since 2010, however, Reg, uh, we've seen them kind of evolve. Robert Salas, their head coach, he's this like guy, you know, one of the mastermind young guys now that's coming out of Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur and all that kind of stuff. So it's really promising for New York. They get a fantastic defense and all they need is a quarterback. Lo and behold, in rides Aaron Rodgers uh, off the Packers. And the build-up was unbelievable because, as you say, I mean, they were tipped to win the Super Bowl, for crying out loud. I mean, this is a team that have the longest playoff drought and they're in this Super Bowl window now. And we've spoke about Super Bowl windows before. The only team that it didn't ever apply to was the Patriots because they kept winning all the time. Uh, but when it comes to this, Reds, they're in this very specific little window. Rodgers is 39, 40 years of age in December and he tears his ACL and it's 
gross. I mean, you can even see it on the TV, on the slow mo. You can see that pop at the back of his leg. It's really grisly stuff. Horrible. Uh, but look, so he ran he, September 11th, right? And the, the sensitivity around that. And he runs out with this American flag, and it's so heroic. And he's been on the show Hard Knocks before that, which is like a reality show beforehand. And it's just building to fever pitch. And we thought that Rodgers would now dominate Reg with the Jets. But let me finish with saying this, right? This was absolutely foreseeable because their offensive line, who's the line that protects the quarterback, has been atrocious. Rodgers called it out. It's akin, Reg, to getting the brand new, spanking brand new iPhone, spending two grand on it and then sticking it in a really bad case. And you drop it and it's gone. And that's exactly what happened here. He was running for his life. Yeah. As you said, he only played four snaps. He was running around there like a headless chicken. Right. And it was no surprise that he got injured. And this is what happened. Now he's out for the season. Now they have Zach Wilson, a quarterback, uh, who they don't want. And they're looking for a veteran. And that could scupper their hopes for the season and ruin that Super Bowl window. Because we don't know if he's going to return, Reg. He's 40. Yeah. You know, this, yeah. this might be him done now. I didn't realise he was that age, yeah. That is, uh, and, and with an ACL, that's um, pretty serious oh, yeah. stuff. And again, the debate about the artificial turf is rearing his head as well after that injury. Yeah, because that's what people are putting it down to. You know, they're sort of saying the O-line was bad, but then also you're playing on artificial turf. And this is something I wanted to pick your brain about because the NFL players are giving outrage because they don't like playing on it. It's seen as unforgiving. It's not natural. Uh, they end up getting non-contact injuries for it. But wait till you hear this. World Cup 2026 is coming to the USA. Fly your American flag. But there's a condition there and they're going to be playing them in the NFL stadiums. And the owners for years and years and years after the NFL players kept raising this issue, and it's come to a head now because Aaron Rodgers is the highest profile player. Um, they were sort of saying, like, give us real grass. They're like, no. And then the World Cup is coming and they're like, okay, we'll get real grass then because it's in that condition. So now they're saying, look, you prefer soccer over NFL and it's only when you're forced to do it. But Reg, my question to you is you played at the pinnacle mm. of your game and I'm not sure if you played on many artificial turf surfaces with rugby and stuff like that, but... Do you have experience with that, Reg? And is it much different? Is it more injury-prone? Yeah, I. it was just coming in towards the end of my career. I played in Cardiff. Mm-hmm. Um, the old Cardiff Arms Park was changed to that surface and that it was pretty novel at the time. I've trained a lot yeah. on it. Um, I did play in it. Uh, I think it's dramatically different. Um, yeah. I, I think it's the surface is... It depends on the sport, Steve, to be honest with you. You know, uh, if it is a sport like rugby, NFL, uh, where there's a lot of twisting and turning, but also um, tackles, low leg tackles, the problem is the foot tends to, with your studs, it's kind of rubberized, there's pellets in the ground, there's no give. So the foot tends to jam into the ground and then... Uh, if you get a bad hit, there's nowhere for you. You know, you, there's no rotation. It's not possible. It sticks in the ground, and then you're getting hit, uh, and 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 the results are worse. Whereas with grass, there's a little bit more give in the grass. Your foot might twist, the studs might tear up the turf a little bit, and there's yeah. more of a chance that you won't get that horrific injury. So from and and then you know, I don't know why they don't listen to the players more. The players don't like it uh, for the most part. They yeah. do think it creates more injuries. Um, there's an awful lot of there's huge issues with grass burn, which is absolutely horrific. If you ever see any of the injuries players get mm-hmm. from grass burn um, they're they're horrible injuries so yeah I personally I think they should go back to grass I get it Um, I understand it's to try and you know make it an all weather pitch but you know the impact is is hard as well Um, personally it's grass for me for me yeah it's maintaining it you know they're looking at down south and the and the temperatures and so to maintain that grass yeah uh, it's difficult those temperatures yeah yeah it's It's, it's difficult but anyway let's move on from that uh 
What are we looking at? You say let's let's overreact. Uh, reigning Super Bowl champions Kansas City Chiefs were beaten by the Lions. What's going on there? Are they in oh, trouble? They're done, obviously, Reg. Oh, they're done. Yeah, they're no, they're <laughs> not. And uh, this is the thing is that it's so funny. We can run through really briefly a couple of the overreactions that are coming out. So look, they've been without Travis Kelsey, who's their star tight end, and they rested him. Um, so apparently he's over a hyperextended his knee. But I tried to look up for an injury report of him, right? So you type in Travis Kelsey week two, and apparently he's trying to date Taylor Swift. So it's very difficult for me to get an injury report. But I hear from sources that actually want to talk about football that he is going to be back in week two. Look, they lost to the Lions. The Lions are a gutsy squad, but Mahomes, is, uh, he's got a billion-dollar contract over 10 years, which is ridiculous to say out loud. And um, Andy Reid, the head coach, is a superstar. But when you go back and look at that game against the Lions, yes, the Lions put it up to them, but the receivers for the Chiefs, uh, Tony in particular was just comical stuff. He could play the Benny Hill music behind some of his. I, I put out uh, lowlights, if you will, because they weren't even highlights. Yeah. So I've never seen a lowlight reel before. Uh, so, yeah, look, they'll be grand. Uh, the other one that they're talking about, Jordan Love, uh, you know, he had a sensational game against the Bears. Uh, again, that's for the Packers, of course. Um, I would sort of say, yes, Super Bowl confirmed. Uh, but look, the Bears are a very, very bad team. Um, and I, they're not that, I sort of have them in a rack as well. Uh, Buffalo Bills. Uh, they went and lost to the Jets, even though the Jets lost Aaron Rodgers, which is bizarre. Mm. But again, the Bills bet themselves in that game, plenty of interceptions. Um, so look, there's loads of overreactions, and that's why the ACA is an, it's a nightmare for me anyway. But the ACA is a nightmare in the first couple of weeks because just so much weird stuff happening, Reg. But look, I've got another three-timer anyway, and we're going to try hit. And again, it's a tenner down and 70 back. I can hit you with that, and unless you want to overreact to anything else. Cowboys, no, no, I'm happy about the overreactions. Um, I suppose just what games should we keep an eye on this week before we get the ACA? Which will be the big ones to watch out for? Well, there's a load of nice ones, you know, because it's early in the season, people are betting down. I'd like to see what happens with the Jets, because they're 1-0 after beating the Bills, and they're coming up against the Cowboys, who are also 1-0. Now, the Cowboys completely shut out the Giants last week. They didn't let them score a single point, Reg. So that'll be interesting to see. They go in heavy underdogs, the Jets do. But they always say defense wins championships. And we can only cast our mind back. If I mention Peyton Manning to some of the diehard NFL fans who have been listening for a while, They'll say, oh, Manning cast, he's an all-time great. He's won more Super Bowls than he has hot dinners. And that's true. But at the very end of his career, he hurt his neck, got shipped off to the Broncos, and they carried him, Reg, Mm. through that season. They actually benched him, in fact, for a guy called Brock Osweiler, who's long out of the league and working in McDonald's now. Um, So, you know, when you look at him and you're sort of thinking Hall of Famer, but defense does win championships. I wonder, can the Jets take it further than people think they can? Um, so that's one to watch out for. I said the Bears are abysmal. They're coming up against the Buccaneers, who are without Tom Brady. Uh, so I expect the Bears to tank in that game. And a really interesting one that I want to look at, apart from obviously the, the Packers game, is the Chiefs-Jaguars. So the Chiefs are coming off a loss. They've got Travis Kelsey back. The Jaguars looked sensational last week. Their quarterback looks like he's coming into his own. So I wonder now, will they put the skids on the season for the Chiefs a little bit and give them another little shock, Reg? Because mm. they beat the Chiefs, which they're capable of doing. Uh, well, then you'd sort of think, like, you know what, maybe the Chiefs are in a little bit of trouble if they can't sort of ride the ship here. Mm, OK, well, they're worth watching. We'll keep an eye on that. OK, give us the ACA for this week. Right, 6-1, to one, 10 are down, 70 back. Uh, I'm going with the Lions to beat the Seahawks because it's only a minus 4.5 spread because we're playing the spreads. Uh, the Chargers to beat the Titans because the Titans quarterback is atrocious lately. His form is awful. Uh, they're minus 3, so beat them by field goal. And then the Tampa Bay Bucks are minus 2.5 against the Bears. I think the Bears are a really bad squad this year. Uh, you know, not mentioning all that hype. Mm. Uh, so that's 6-1, to 10 or down, 70 back. 
Excellent stuff. Okay, well, just before I let you go, because it's the first show that I've chatted to you, uh, talk to me quickly about the Packers. How do you feel about them this <laughs> year? Um, oh, here we go. Yeah, lay it on the line. Yeah, no, look, it's it's looking really promising. Uh, Jordan Love came in, he sat behind Aaron Rodgers for a long time. Aaron Rodgers was a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. you know, four-time MVP, and but he was picking up injuries uh, lately, Reg, and so there was this kind of tension between them. And it's very hard for the Packers to install a quarterback after. Remember, before Rodgers, they had Brett Favre. He was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, he's got into trouble recently uh, with rumours. Then Aaron Rodgers comes in and takes over. Again, Hall of Fame. Uh, they win the Super Bowl. And if you're a Bears fan, Lions fan, Vikings fan, or in the division, you're looking at the goal. There's absolutely no way, Reg, they can do it for a third time in a row. And Jordan Love looks fantastic. He had a higher passer rating than any other quarterback in week one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's doing what he should be doing. The only caveat that I would say is, is that we're without our wide receiver one, Christian Watson, who has an ACL injury. Uh, Aaron Jones, who carried the team last week and put in a sensational performance himself, first yep. running back, he's also injured. Um, so then, yeah, and then uh, the left tackle who protects, as I was talking about Aaron Rodgers earlier, you need to protect your quarterback. Absolutely. You need to give him time. You know, your left tackle, David Bakhtiari, he's questionable for the game as well. So I think that we started off week one fantastic and the future looks really bright. We're the youngest roster in the NFL now. Yep. And as I talked about Super Bowl windows, Reg, you know, you get old guys, you overpay them, they're superstars, and then eventually they all have to leave because they can't afford them anymore. Yeah. The Packers are in a really unique position where they're the youngest roster in the NFL. They've won their first game. They look like a bit of a powerhouse, you know, so let's hold our breath a little bit. It's time to turn our attention to rugby now, uh, my favourite part of the show, of course. Uh, and I'm delighted to be joined uh, on the line now by former colleague of mine and former uh, South African international as well, Dan Van Ziel. Good morning, Dan. Great to talk to you. Now, it's a pleasure being on the show again and talking to you. Absolutely. Good to chat to you. We haven't spoken for a while, uh, which is wrong. Um, we'll have to fix that and get together for a coffee soon. But uh, I'm sure, like myself, you're absolutely loving the World Cup at the moment um, so far. And uh, what have you made of it? Yeah, I know. I must say the the really liking it at the moment, and especially the performance of the minor unions. Uh, you know, I think that's that's quite exciting They've got a lot to offer, probably play France the other night uh, to make a name for themselves and get contracts elsewhere. But it's been really exciting and especially uh, Uruguay-France the other night as well. Yeah, that was a great game. I was really, really impressed with Uruguay. Um, as Brian O'Driscoll tweeted, if they had a scrum, they might be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, I felt for them in that area. But uh, actually, we had a, a voice text in from one of our listeners, John, asking about the red card situation that time as well and wondering if maybe the referees are leaning slightly towards the home nation. But my own personal view on it was that it, it while while we've seen red cards given for them, I just felt because of the tackle that happened just before that, um, and and we, you know, I suppose right on the edge. What were your thoughts? Don't quite get the speed that these things are actually happening in real time. I felt yellow was the right call, but it was right on the edge. What were your thoughts? Yeah, no, I think so as well. You know, there was a bit of a dip involved and so on, and big man mm. on a on a smaller guy and so on. I don't. I'm not a big fan of red cards. I know it's for the safety of, of everything. And it's more around the consistency that I think everybody gets annoyed about. You know, if you take the red cards of last week and the non-red cards of uh, last week, I think that's that for me has been evident in the first week is just the inconsistency of the officials 
in some of the big goals. Absolutely. And, you know, our former um, colleague, Brett Igo as well, um, he was putting up some stats during the week. He does games. 11 games. And uh, he, he had put it up there. I was quite surprised. 11 yellow cards in that first round of games. 11. Yeah, no, that's a lot. Now, players need to take responsibility for that as well. Mm. Um, you know, uh, in how they handle the pressure and so on. Um, but again, a yellow card for me is better is is better than a red card. So yeah. I'd like to see 15 on 15 play as, as much as they can. But if you take the, the Wales game last weekend, probably the best game of, of, the, of the tournament so far... Um, and I think Fiji was a little bit hard done by. They were very um, hard done by, yeah. With, with yeah. some of some of those balls. Absolutely. Well, Wales were they topped the the pole on penalties. Seventeen penalties. They did get one yellow card, but seventeen penalties so far they've given away. And uh, Fiji, I think, can be very hard done by. There was def, uh, uh, there was no question there should have been another card. And when you're seeing it that way for one and not, for, you know, that's really not acceptable from the officials. And as you said, consistency is the most important thing. And when you're seeing it that way for one and not for the other, you can understand the frustration and the questions that the likes of John have about that red card in the French match but moving on from that anyway let's talk uh, let's talk positive games uh, stuff to look forward to your own South Africa four scrum halves in the squad this weekend jeez even you would have got in you would have got in you'd have been great jeez uh, yeah I was actually on standby for a rushy call there but uh, no look it's it's again uh, now they're all very good players in their own right I think Grant Williams playing on the right wing you know, he certainly got the out-and-out pace of a winger. We know Quibus Reinach, who's, who's on the bench, who's got that as well, you know. So I think, you know, South Africa, for me, the interesting part is uh, the selection of the coaches around these games. You know, South Africa going with, with everybody that haven't played a game yet, and that's the interesting part. And, and then Ireland and England and Australia pretty much going with their, with their full squad. So for me, that's the interesting part of how the different coaches view the different games. Yeah, the, the, but I suppose everything, Dan, is coming down from our perspective to this South African game next week. Um, and, and you can definitely see that the plan around the Ireland team with Andy Farrell is play the strongest team last week, this week, in a build-up to South Africa and try and get a result yeah. against South Africa, get the job done, not be relying on uh, the Scottish game. Whereas, as we've seen with South Africa, they're happy to empty their entire bench. That's how good they feel the quality of everybody that they have is uh, and bring them in. Um, so I, I, I think there's very clear, you know, there's de- there's definite mindset. Razzie and no, Ian Barr, yeah, they, they, they trust everyone. Yes, no, but just on that, you know, I'm thinking, mm, you know, and yeah. they don't have a specialist injury oh, in the yes. week. Huge. is a massive, massive blow for South Africa in that thinking, mm, you know, and yeah. they don't have a specialist third hooker at the World Cup at the moment. Dion Fourie is going to do that job today. Now, he's very Marks-like in how he contests over the ball and so on, but he doesn't have the scrummaging powers or the line-out throwability. So I think you know, suddenly that game next week with one injury has slightly maybe gone Ireland's way. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. He's a huge, huge loss. Now, we still have to get through Tonga today, um, which is not going to be easy. You know, you've got the likes of, uh, you know, P- Pito and. Uh, uh, 
what's his name from they used to play for Munster. Name has escaped me now. Pocketier. Yeah, Pocketier. Yeah, yeah. They're they're you know they're serious players, and Tonga have certainly improved dramatically from I, I played. Them. But injury wise, you know, it's got to be they weren't up to much, but they've improved a lot since then. They've put a lot of effort into it. This is going to be a real tester for Ireland. I'm not saying we're going to lose, but injury wise, you know, it's got to be physical. No, and that's probably the reason why Farrell is going with such a strong team because. Um, Toto Kefu, who's the ex-Wallaby, who's their, who's their coach, he's actually said, you know, Tonga has always been a difficult game for physicality-wise at World Cups, but they feel this World Cup, they've got their best team out, you know, with a new rule that they could play or can play some ex-all-black players and so on. So uh, this is their first performance uh, or their first game as well. So I think, um, you know, people need to respect them because I do think they've got the quality. Their front row, you know, is something like 380 kilos. Mm. You know, Ben Tamifuna, who's the, who's the captain, he's 150 by himself playing for Bordeaux Bagels. You know, they've got two Scarlets players also in for the All Blacks. Uh, there's, there's good quality all around. You know, Piatau, as, as you spoke about, the number nine played two tests for the All Blacks. Uh, Aki in the centre, he's played sevens for the All Blacks, so suddenly there's a little bit more quality, which makes it exciting as well. Mm, absolutely, no question about it. Um, we saw France the other night, and uh, like I said, a, a, a plucky performance from Uruguay, I, I probably surprised a lot of people. I, I, I got the impression, my feeling from watching that game was that France are very reliant now, uh, probably more than we realised, on their starting 15 and maybe, you know, five or six of their subs. The replacements are this, the greater squad may not be uh, quite as good as we thought. And they we know they've got four major injuries at the moment uh, that are already out of the squad and, you know, a few other knocks and niggles. Are France rightly favourites or do you think they've slipped down that pecking order a bit now? New Zealand in, in some aspects you know because I would prefer South Africa play France in the quarter final than actually New Zealand in, in some aspects you know because exactly what you say there I think they lost a few uh, good starters uh, in certain positions they've got a lot of depth but in other positions they they pretty average of the the guys that that's coming in so um, and the pressure, you know yourself, having been involved in big games, the pressure is just going to mount on France, you know. So, um, and I think sides have seen a little, a, a little area 